0: Hello and welcome to episode 323 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories, one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Christian D'Amato and James Lines, comics creator and part of the team on Containment Breach, Volume 3 of The Clouds and Ether on Kickstarter now. Christian, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I'm going to ask you for the elevator pitch um, and then a, a, quick, a quick bio about yourself and then we'll kick it over to James. Terrific. Terrific.
1: Uh, so James and I are the, the founders of Fugitive Pumps, and what's released today is Containment Breach Volume 3 of Clouds and Ether. Uh, we're calling it really accurately 140 Pages of Electricity. Uh, vibrant, wild, original comics exploring the outer limits of space-time and everything in between. We're, we're so excited about this comic. We have wholly original comic shorts from some of the very best indie comic creators working today this is our third volume and we've got uh we've got a real record of success uh putting these together because our goal is never a dull story every story is a banger uh you know you get comic anthologies and you got like three great ones or two great ones then you got a bunch of good ones and then you got a bunch of mad and uh we never want to put anything out like that our last book was a just a huge hit uh, containment breach volume two myth reborn everyone brought their a game every story was a banger and we we want to keep that keep that going so um and you said a bio about me yeah that'd be great uh and, and this is just a podcast there's no video so i'm going to tell everyone that i am <laughs> an astoundingly young good-looking man uh just shockingly young no uh, <laughs> that's the important stuff uh i'm a writer And uh, uh, of of everything, novels, short stories, screenplays, uh, plays, all kinds of stuff, and comics, which is my first love, comics. And uh, I uh, I had an idea years ago for a a story. I wrote the script, and I was lucky enough to have an incredible human being, uh, James Lyons, find that script. uh, And that's the beginning of Fugitive Poems. That's how we started our company. So uh, that's a little bit about me. That ben sounds
0: like the, it. yeah. That's also very true. Um, that sounds like a good segue to to kick it over to James for for a quick bio uh, on himself.
2: Yeah, um, my name is James Lines. I'm an illustrator and comic artist. Uh, as Christian said, we co-founded Fugitive Poems. Been doing. I've uh, been at it for a good couple of years now. Uh, we originally put these anthologies together as just sort of a way to. Uh, uh, vent a bit uh during the pandemic and you know get some stuff out there when we were all locked down in our houses uh that was containment breach one quarantine chronicles and then you know, the, the other two uh well the the kickstarter one we had a lot of su- success with and had a lot of fun uh interacting with so many teams and putting people together uh putting together groups of uh, you know writers and uh, artists and letterers colorists and uh you know get, getting slogging through the the whole process of putting together a really high quality book and uh as the art director and layout designer and stuff I'll I'll stand our books up against any other books out there uh you know we got the Mar- at least marvel quality so sometimes i even look at marvel and uh, dc stuff and i'm like wow you know Our stuff is, you know, I guess it probably has something to do with the speed at which they put things out, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, our our books, if you hold them in your hand, they're as good, if not better quality than pretty much anything out there. Um, I tend to read a lot of image comics, I I really think that our, you know, our stuff is up to that um, uh, production quality, which I'm really proud of
0: very cool so are you guys um handling sort of like um more sort of administrative roles here as uh you know uh you know page and book design and and editors or are you guys doing that as well as being creatives in the book as well uh as all of it all, all okay
1: uh, that's I'm awesome writer and uh james is an artist and uh really we um we decided to make the comics that we wanted to read is really what it came down to. We've been creatives our whole lives and um, we clicked. I, I, I come up with a concept and James, not only does he do what I had in mind, but he does what I never had in mind. It's infinitely better. And uh, and then I look at something he drew and I come up and I take a story and a different we've had th- things where I've written his script and he's put a side character in the background and it person's so vivid that I end up writing them into the script. Uh, so all of these books have worked from James and I as well uh, in uh, uh, Containment Breach, volume three of Clouds and Ether. We worked with uh letterer, Tom Linett, uh, who's uh, just terrific. Uh, and then I've got another story in the book with the art with artist Jay Sheik, who just uh put out Hush Ronin with Band of Bards uh and uh, uh we had uh, uh Bread Razor is what he goes by do the coloring and uh we had uh, uh Kevin D Lynch do the lettering and so we're we're involved in it from from the very very core um you know our thing that makes these books completely unique is that Not only does each book have its own unique and individual theme, Volume 1 was Quarantine Chronicles, for reasons James explained, Uh, but that was like anything having to do with the concept of quarantine, right? Volume 2 was Myth Reborn, where we charged everybody with coming up with taking some sort of mythology from somewhere in the world, from some time period, even up to modern urban myth, and twisting it, turning on its head in some way. Not only do we do that with our anthologies, but we also have every creative team uh come up with a completely unique prompt uh could be wacky bizarre the guardian of the sacred tree uh terrible twos celestial weapon uh and then we mix those around and everyone has to include that prompt in some way in the story that they create under the umbrella theme and uh when i uh when i was when i was writing these uh um i was part of that game too i randomly selected them and actually the prompt i got for the story i ended up doing with jay uh, was Teens in Space. And I don't usually write space kind of sci-fi. Uh, and I could easily have said, well, no one will ever know. I'll get rid of this prompt. But no, we play by the same rules. We want to be in the, we're doing this. We're doing the administrative stuff with book building, the advertising, the because we want to be creating and playing with others. And um, it's something we have a ton of fun with.
0: So with that prompt, is that something that uh, the, the the readers will be given in some sort of like either like a forward or in back matter? So that like maybe when you're reading through, you're like, OK, I see how that creative team worked it in.
2: Yeah, yeah we, we, we stick those. Uh, so we have the uh, bios of the creators in front of the stories and uh, right under their names. We put the creative prompts in uh, okay. so you can join in in the font.
1: Nice. I know that your listeners can't hear this right now, but just so that you see it, every every story starts on, is a, is essential that it has a, a right-hand page start. Okay. Um, and writers know that going in. And the left-hand page is, uh, they get their bios and uh, we have that prompt there. And it's important to us that they get that. We want everyone's bio in the book. We're not shy about them putting in projects, advertising projects or mentioning projects that they did with other companies. Our goal is to get everyone to raise everybody's standards up raise everybody's flags uh so that they get noticed and we've mm-hmm. had a bunch of people a bunch of people in volume one and two uh have gone on to uh really big projects whether band of bards or uh, uh, uh we had somebody go to idw we had somebody go we've got people at marvel and dc working with us uh we you know the old thing is you can't get published till you're published uh and uh well we we said i don't know what rating this show has so i'll say screw that <laughs> Most of your guests that I've seen have been relatively polite. Uh, <laughs> we said the heck with that. Uh, let's publish. Let's get people yeah. published. And sure enough, uh, we've been an awesome springboard for people and ourselves to get really noticed. And really, just because we just want to do what we do.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the other common things is uh, if you go to a convention or you're you're lucky enough to meet somebody that's you know at the big two or you know at an or uh, an IDW and you go hey how do I get into comics? The, I think like nine out of time, nine out of 10 times, it's like make a comic. And that's, that's how you get into comics. So it's, it's, you know, it's the advice that you always get and it's really good because like you have to figure things out on the fly and, you know, you show, and you also show that, Hey, I have the ability to take something from, you know, an idea to, to a finished product that that I can hand off to people. So that's, that sounds like it's a little bit of that as well.
1: I'll tell you a funny story. Um, I went to see Deadpool 2 at the Alamo Draft House in Yonkers, New York, when it came out. And the executive, the vice president of marketing from Marvel was there to introduce the movie. And after the movie, I went up to him and we had just, this is years back, we had just started. And I Mm -hmm. said, I got to ask you a question. And immediately you could see his entire body constrict. He thought I was going to pitch him. I said, I'm not going to pitch you unless you want me to. Um, I said, how does... An unknown team with a crazy good idea that if he said people saw the idea, they would be in. How do they get seen? How do they? How do they get seen? And he said to me with a total straight face, he says, "Well, I mean, what you want to do is first start working on like Marvel and DC Comics." And I just looked at him, and I swear to you, he looked at me and he goes, "Yeah, I heard it when I said it." all I got to do is get a job at Marvel. What, to, why didn't I think of that? Right. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, I heard it. And he said, start putting out, start putting out shorts, uh, get mm-hmm. an anthology is get your work out there, get your name recognizable. And then he gave me the real advice, but his knee jerk reaction was get a job at the big deal. <laughs> and I, I just, I, I don't know what the look on my face said, but it did the trick. <laughs> <laughs> so how do I get in a Steven Spielberg movie? Well, first you need to get in a Steven Spielberg movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So you guys are handling creative, administrative things. Um, did you put a call out um, publicly to, to get other people to come in? Or did you reach out to, to people you knew that like did work, that you liked? How was it you know, collecting teams for the anthology?
2: So we uh through connections and social media and so forth we put a shout out uh Christian put a shout out uh twitter right um mostly yeah. in, he he works mostly on twitter and uh we did we just put out a uh a call for contributors for this last one uh you know based off the momentum of Containment breach 2 and we got uh all kinds of submissions so many so that we actually have uh been killing ourselves and putting together two books at once so we're actually uh we are now launched on um, kickstarter for containment breach three and in the next couple of months we're gonna we're gonna build on that momentum and actually launch kickstarter uh launch a kickstarter for containment breach four um that's Which how many uh,
1: that's how many applications we got it's and it's done we're, yeah. we're, first of all, Containment Breach, Volume 3. I was looking at a, a campaign the other day, and they had a page from all their comics up, which I like when they do that. But then it said on the bottom, these are the only pages that have been made. Uh, our book is done. Containment yeah. Breach, Volume 3 of Clouds and Ether is done. It's laid out. Uh, when we fund, we when we complete our campaign, we hit print. And then it, we did that on Myth Reborn as well, on Volume 2. People were shocked at how quickly... Mm-hmm. Uh they got their their products. The actually the only reason they didn't get them three weeks sooner was that uh the, the printer had a paper shortage of the, all the corona stuff that was going on, right? We the book we we make the books, these things exist, and volume we got so many people for volume three that we didn't want to waste the quality, waste the talent, and we wanted all these people to be seen. So we we edited, we've got senior editor Mark Capitelli. I'm editor-in-chief. James is the art director and art editor. And we did two books at once. They're both about 140 pages each, roughly. Uh, and uh, we we see the stories from pitch, uh, from the first idea, script, pe- thumbs, pencils, inks, colors, letters, finished product. And there are milestones. We ch- I mean, we worked. Uh, I can't remember. I thought it was James, but I'm maybe it was Mark that said, what if we do two books at once? And we all laughed and then said, well, you know what? Why not? We'll be a little uh, bedraggled by the end. Woo, man, that was a process. But they're there. They're ready. And we're ready to fire from volume three to volume four because we want people to see that our teams brought their very best. And that's all we'll accept. Yeah. And uh, these stories are wild and inventive. No one could pull anything out of a draw because of the prompts and everyone came every story like there's not one story on the book that i go to work on or look at and i'm like oh this one no i'm excited about all of them and that's that's we wanted to make comics we wanted to read uh but man
0: matthew that was a
1: hell of a process
0: (laughs) (laughs) and i think one thing that hopefully is uh beneficial to you is is that that ability to um go to kickstarter with volume three and then you know, not too not too much into the distant future. I don't know if I phrased that right, but relatively soon, you're going to be back to Kickstarter um, with with another book to sort of like, you know, let people know. You know, you, you're building you're building a fandom, and 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 it's kind of difficult to be an indie because like if things are going really well, you might be able to get something out like every three to four months. But it sounds like you know, with the way you're working, you're going to be able to, you know, I'm, we're going to hit you with three. You can get excited for that, and then a short time later, we're going to be back to tell you that that we have more. Yeah, that was part of
2: our evil plan. And but
0: uh,
2: <laughs> also, we're we're hoping that since we've, uh, well, Christian said they're all done. Uh, that's the uh, that's the writer talking. There's still stuff that needs to be done, uh, but that's uh, pr- pretty much all done. Uh, but uh, I we should say that pretty much everything from our contributors is yeah. is done. Yeah. So it's all in house now. Um, But one of our plans for this was to be able to, you know, we've been working on uh, a couple of one-offs and, uh, you know, also some other short stories. So we're hoping to be able to now have some time to be able to work just just on Fugitive Poem stuff, just us, not the anthology stuff. Uh, As much as we like it, you know, it's very time consuming. So uh, we want to move forward on our our one-off projects, which is what, what was the goal for us yeah, before we started the anthologies,
1: yeah. yeah, and and we're we're working with a couple of people to to possibly be putting out uh, their stuff, uh, their one offs as well. Fugitive Poems is growing um, and fast, and we're excited. I mean, we've been at it for a while. You know, they yeah. say you know they say that every overnight success is is a uh, is years in the making, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember they interviewed the lead singer of Fun and somebody said to him they said how did you pull it off you were no one yesterday and tonight, today you're how are you such an overnight success he said oh it was easy i just worked on it for 20 years <laughs> <laughs> uh we've been working on it for a while uh but people recognize the quality uh and, and uh forgive the 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 me for saying this but i'm proud of this uh, people like working with us because we're we're good guys uh, and we we want to have fun. We want to we want to make professional stuff, but we want to have fun and and make it help everyone make the best that they can make. And we work with other people and have them look at our stuff because we just want to put out great stuff. And this yeah. is passion for us. Uh, and uh, and it's really clicking
0: yeah so were there any um, uh, hurdles that you that you encountered maybe your, your first time putting the anthology that you know being three anthologies and you know working on four that uh, you know you hit the first time that are now not going to be like a like a, like a hurdle for you. I can I could say personally for myself, I never realized that the getting the files to the printer were was such a difficult uh, process to, to format them the right way. I think that's one thing that that people, um, and I'm guessing maybe that goes to James as the as the art director, but like you got you guys have done that, so you you know the things to look out for. Um, but were there any sort of things in the first time that were like, oh, I never thought that was going to be such a problem?
2: So I yeah, my background, I've done a lot of graphic design work and so forth. So uh, I have done you know brought stuff out to printers, never never the books as large as they are, but I I have a good understanding of. You know resolution and uh you know the sizing of the pages and bleeds and all that and um i i would say some of the setbacks that we've had have just been you know working you know we work with people who who have done this quite a bit we also work with people who have basically never done it before you know they've you know if they are doing comics they're um you know they're drawing them on paper and doing stuff like that never had stuff published so that that was a big hurdle that we had to overcome and uh we we still are. We're still trying to figure out ways to, you know, make sure that we figured out that a lot of people don't read emails uh, thoroughly, and you know, uh, we'll ask for things like a certain resolution and so forth, and they'll come back with something different. Um, I I work with people. Uh, glad gladly work with people. You know, if they're talented and they don't get in our books unless they're talented. If they're talented, I'll, I'll work with them and work them through all that process because not like I said, not all of them know that. So that's always a, uh, that's always an issue. And uh, we also, we, we keep a close, uh, we kind of wrangle our, uh, particularly our artists. I, I hate to say it as the artist, but we have the editors that are slash cowboy wranglers that mm-hmm. uh, get, you know, get, get the artists in line and, you know, make sure that they're at least somewhat conforming to their deadlines and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that, that's that, that can be an issue. And even just like getting little stuff, out of people uh particularly artists um you know, their bios and stuff uh that was a nightmare for uh Containment Breach too. it was like one of the biggest uh pains that we had to go through was getting uh everyone to give us a a suitable bio to go into the books in the first place and then edit them and uh hey you know you got to put a you, know, you got to put an email address in here people got to be able to contact you like artists are just terrible at promoting themselves and so forth or they'll say oh, I don't know I don't really do it at social media okay so how do we get a hold of you do we throw rocks in your direction you know that, yeah. that kind of thing uh but what's what's cool about you know the the main gist of it the art you know the art and the writing is that people are very passionate about it so we've had very few problems with that like there's there's never been anyone who says you know some people have had to drop out because of life problems mm-hmm. but it was usually early on in the process we were able to actually kind of replace them uh either replace the writer or replace the artist and the team um and that that was actually pretty rare and uh i've also found and christian both of us have found that uh most of the contributors are very into uh being critiqued and uh working with an editor a lot of times for the first time they're working for uh with a with an editor on their work and uh working you know with with an art director you know a lot of people are kind of one-offs and um you know it's been a very very positive uh experience and just had a few uh a few a few issues but very few considering how many stories we put out now
1: yeah and how much we we have done uh uh James Walton. I'm I'm looking uh right now uh for his uh Twitter address because I'm terrible at rem- remembering it at James W the Writer. At James W the Writer. He just put stagnant waters, his comic, up on um global comics. Okay. Uh, and uh he got Kickstarter coming out. He's in volume four of our book, and he sent me an email that I just sat with in shock in about having Never worked with an editor before. He had he had sent me five. He sent me an email with five two sentence pitches for what I might want for our volume four. Um, And uh, and I wrote back. I was I was I was like, this is great. I'm happy to work with anything you'll give me. Uh, and, uh, I sent him back commentary and we went back and forth through the whole process. And at one point I asked him to make a big switch in one part of his comic. And my, my brain is always, I hope this person doesn't hate me. And he wrote me this email telling me that he hated, no, uh, telling me, uh, that he had never worked with an editor before. And it was an incredible way to think about things and to be challenged. And he thanked me and I've got a number of people who, who have done that. And he's a terrific writer. So it meant the world hearing that. Um, and uh, and that's another thing that I I get out of this process, and we have we have fun with it. And I do the same thing. Dustin Luke Nelson is not because I'm a god. Um, uh, it's because I, I call Dustin Luke Nelson, who who you know, uh, he edits my stuff. Mark Capitelli edits my stuff, and I I send it out. And it's funny as as a writer, uh, you know, you 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 tell people not to make certain mistakes, and then you make them right because uh, it's really hard to see your own work. I, mm-hmm. I think it's incredible to work with an editor, and I'm glad I've been able to offer that and I watch James working with these artists and and everything just gets better uh and he he the stuff he talks about i mean it's I've learned so much about art I can't do it at all, but I've learned so much about art, watching him work with other artists, and uh that's been another real pleasure of this whole process.
0: That's really cool. So I have a couple of questions for you guys about like, uh, your, your creative process. Um, I guess maybe we'll go to James. James, what type of, of artist are you? Are you a traditional artist, a digital artist, a, maybe a combination of the two? What's, uh, what's your preferred, uh, method of, of putting some art down? Finger paints. He exclusively works. <laughs> in finger.
1: And, and crayons. <laughs> I, I, uh, I,
2: I get it done by, I, I like to say, by any means necessary. I, I'm a mixed media artist, even before I started comics. Uh, yeah, I'll throw anything out of canvas or in a drawing. Uh, I like uh, colored pencils and watercolors and ink. and uh, All my artwork, you'll usually see, on, unless you see it on a piece of paper, if it's digital, um, it's usually some digital elements in there. Um, for the most part, for comics... Uh, I usually go through inks uh, traditionally, al- although I, I have been doing more um, digital inks as that stuff gets better. I have a tablet and uh, becoming more and more happy with the output from you know various programs. I, I still use Photoshop, but I've used Clip Studio in the uh, in the past, uh, and that as, as that increases, you know, it's getting to the point where it's kind of hard to tell the difference between the two if you use the uh the software tools properly uh Mm -hmm. but uh to get back on track i usually go to inks and then i i usually uh color digitally just because uh of time constraints with the with the comics um but uh in, in my past i've just been like a mixed media artist and just the uh computer is one more tool uh basically
0: that seems to be um, a pretty common answer is, is for everybody to sort of either start the process one way and finish the the other way. Um, you know, a lot of times I hear it's like, hey, I'm going to start it off pencil, paper, um, pen, and then I'm going to move it over to the computer for some touch up or some cleanup and stuff like that. So that, that seems to be a very common yeah. answer that we're finding. So uh,
2: the Thumbnailing phase or the rough phase uh, we've actually found working with all these different artists, how wildly different that is, what people consider uh, thumbnail phase. A couple of people have handed us stuff I'm like, Whoa, yeah, really <laughs> you know, this is kind of really rough, you know, and other people have, you know, kind of jumped the gun a bit. Cause we, we do want to uh, we're not controlling, but we do want the kind of the best pro- products. We don't, we don't want people to jump the gun too much and not get, you know, input. But it's amazing the uh, the thumbnail phase, phase, like how different um, people do things. Like, for instance, some people will put, you know, the lettering on the rough art and uh, other people don't. And it's very difficult to kind of figure it out unless you really mesh it. So I I tend to look at the artwork and Christian tends to, uh, Christian and um, Mark tend to look more at the script. So they're they're pretty in bed with the script. So they can look at the the roughs and say, okay, okay, this and this. I'm not as familiar with the scripts when I come in and look at them. Uh, So it's, uh, you know, we've been sort of pushing people in some cases to go, you know, a little bit deeper in depth so we can see what's more in their heads. And then, you know, others are kind of just self-starters. We're just like, yeah, that's great. You know, go with it. Uh, So but that's the big one. Usually once we get past that phase, uh, you know, pencils, inks, Colors and final product are, you know, pe- people have a better understanding of what that is. Although, you know, a lot of times we'll get kind of two at the same time or something like that, depending on how the artist works.
0: And uh, Christian, in your bio, you, you said you were the writer of, you know, many different forms of, of, of storytelling. Um, is, is there some things that are, that you find more challenging when you, when you're writing a comic, I would think, you know, somebody that's maybe worked with plays or prose, like you can be more descriptive, um, and, and a prose work where with a comic, you know, you kinda, you need to be descriptive, but you also need to like get in and get out. And, you know, the action takes place between the panels. Like, is, is there something that, uh, you like more about writing comics than, than other forms of, uh, story? My journey has been
1: an incredibly uh, humbling one. Um, I I began wanting to be a comic book artist when I was young, a huge fan of 90s comics, that boom going on, uh, the beginning of Image, but before that, the, the 10 years before that and up and uh, I wanted to be a comic book artist and one day had the crushing revelation that I could not draw and I wasn't getting better. Uh, and uh, and then I discovered I wanted, I said, well, let me write then. And the weird thing is I didn't start writing comics. I started writing short stories and I headed over to prose. I kept reading comics, uh, but I never thought about becoming a comic writer. I decided to become a writer. Uh, and um, <clears throat> someone hired me to write a screenplay uh rob Riley, a great film director and uh uh, i was like it's gonna be a walk in the park i rock dialogue how hard could it be and i wrote him a screenplay that had the narrative sections for like 10 pages long (laughs) because writing a screenplay is an entirely different animal so it's hugely humbling learning i didn't know how to do the screenplay uh and uh so once i did that uh michael gracia is a a friend of ours he's the guy that said hey you want to write a comic script and i went why the hell haven't I done that and uh I, I you know what I didn't learn my lesson I walked in uh, uh, the cock of the walk again totally cocky and I' was like well wow, I've written screenplays How hard can to be <laughs> to write a uh, write a comic and you know I got the thing that all co- first time comic writers get It was like all right well you've got this one panel where this guy walks in the house makes a sandwich shoots a bad guy and flies into space uh in <laughs> a single frame let's talk about static images Christian <laughs> like what? <laughs> Yeah. And, and, uh, so that i had to learn that and uh, and i still i still have moments where i get over excited and james is just like christian panel three no uh, <laughs> but uh but it was it's been uh it's been an awesome challenge and i have found interestingly enough that every step of the way going into pro, uh, going into screenplays uh playwriting stage playwriting uh comics all of that has made me a better prose writer because every time I've been forced to, to shave more away, shave more away. You know, you start writing prose and you're like, well, war and peace is how long, you know, I'm, I'm that good. Right. I can write, well, no, you don't have infinite space. Someone might let you type it out, but that doesn't mean somebody's going to read it. Mm -hmm. And um, everything that I've written has made me a better prose writer and made me a better writer in general. And I've got to shout out the comic jam, comicjam.com. uh every week they publish one-page comics and there's a different theme every week uh casey allen uh who wrote uh, uh bigfoot Nose karate uh and voodoo child uh he's the editor-in-chief there and every week there's a theme and every week they write a one-page uh uh, uh comic and writing one-page comics was like That was the next step that I needed, a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's funny. I'm I'm also a college professor, and one of the tools I I use for teaching writing is having students write one, grammatically correct, one-sentence stories, an entire story in one sentence. And uh, the one-page comic, uh, for me, what I do for my students writing the one-sentence story, the one-page comic did for me. How much can you show in a page, get a beginning, middle, and end, have it connect uh, and uh, have it be worth reading and have it still have a, an oomph at the end. I mean, writing a comic without a page turn, you've lost a major weapon, right, of surprise, um, which means that you have to use the imagery differently. And, and then the last thing I'll say is working with James has made me truly the best comic writer I can be, or I am at this stage, uh, because of seeing how he interprets what I write and what he can do with it and what won't work and he shows me why the art and learning learning good so it's taken me full circle um i'm not a comic artist and i'm never going to be a comic artist but i had to learn comic artistry to write uh and james has has taught me so much of that um and i think about the things the lessons i've learned with james when i'm writing a brand new story um James will not be able to tell you that he has never has a problem with my scripts anymore, but I bet he can tell you that there are always new problems. (laughs) I'm not going backwards, but It it goes
2: both ways. You know, uh, I had not done sequential art before starting with Christian. So that was a big, big change for me as well. I I was not a huge uh, comic fan person growing up. Uh, so i i wasn't as familiar still not as familiar with the medium as christian is but uh this all the work that goes into sequential art that i was kind of a babe in the woods for um kind of went back the same way like having to draw you know the continuity thing which is really yeah i I knew a little bit about that from making videos and animations and so forth but it's nothing like you know having to draw it you're you know you're having to have your characters look the same in every panel and uh you know i come from a like a illustration background. So I would do one image, right. And I throw everything I could into that image and make it really cool. But if you ask me to, you know, draw the same thing again, other than copying it, it's going to come out and look very different. So that's something I had to fight as well, where the, the continuity and the style of the story has to at least last through the one issue, <laughs> much less, you know, we haven't even done like a full five issue arc yet. So it, it's cool that you become familiar with it, but, um, uh, it's been a big learning experience both, uh, both ways. Definitely. Uh, say so it's also the, the most learning that I've ever done has been with our company more so than my master's degree or anything else. Just, uh, working with, uh, another creative someone, uh, I, I think that's always been like that. I, I've done some, uh, game design stuff in the past. And the biggest learning experience was with the coder, uh, you know they they speak a completely different language a completely different animal and you got to work with them directly and you got to teach them your language and they teach you a little bit of theirs it's the same thing with the writer you know Christian goes about the stories in a completely different manner than i do and it's just it's a it's the coolest thing ever to be able to work especially uh again and again cuz you know we're partners uh i'm sure it'd be cool to work with a bunch of different uh writers but working with Christian now you know i kind of know what he wants and he knows what I want and uh you know creative sparks fly kind of where you don't expect them with the partnership
1: which is really cool it definitely goes both ways I couldn't be luckier than having James as a partner we, we we clicked on every possible level uh we want to make the best art that we can but we're also incredibly close and we we share a brain on things and I see all these writers out there regularly looking for artists looking for artists looking for artists, looking for artists and I'm like I am a lucky guy. I'm a lucky guy that we hooked up. And when we work together, we're both having fun. And we're happy to work together. And we're thinking along the same lines, but different enough to make it keep sparking. And uh, this is an incredibly lucky partnership. I mean, I, I'm so excited going into this launch today. We launched this today, volume three. And it's another thing that James and I have 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 built together. Uh, these are like these milestones I get to put up. I'm like, this is me and James. We did this. It's like we were waiting all this time to to find each other and get together with uh, our creative lives. We're missing something. We're missing some leg, and uh, it's awesome. It's so cool. It's an yeah, exciting thing.
2: It's, it's one thing to have one or two things. You know, I've had some illustrations and books and so forth, but it's a completely other thing to be able to, you know, hold up Containment Breach, too, and not to discount all the other work from all the other contributors, but I can, you know, Christian and I can really hold that up and say this is ours. We made this. And uh, I'm, I'm so, I'm so proud of the books. Um, it's, you know, it's so cool to be able to say, hey, you know, this is my book and I have all, my fingers all over it. You know, it's a, it, it's a really cool accomplishment. Um, like I said, not to discount
1: all the other contributors. It's worked mm-hmm. really hard. That's actually huge, too, because I mean, this is all we ever wanted was to talk and think about this and this community that we've met, these folks that we worked with, we've got all these people that worked in volume one and two that are shouting at volume three, uh, we, we've made these great friends and you know I, I I come I come to my computer and my emails are about art and story and comic and here's this and they're from oh by the way, look what I'm putting out uh, uh, Marcelo theat shows me the latest Neverland that he's putting out and uh, Jay is showing me Hallowed North and uh, 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 another friend of ours uh, 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 Phil has got tragedy and I'm getting all these really cool things and I'm so lucky to meet these people. Doug Wood has been a huge friend to us. And uh, I, I just, it, this is we we found each other, and then found our tribe, and this is what we talk about, and this is what we think about. Uh, Leland Bjerg has ca- capsules as uh, a friend of ours, uh, another fellow fugitive. He's got capsules coming out, uh, uh, part two, and he sent me that. I got to see the draft of that, and oh man, this is when I when I if I'm having a rough day, I look at my fugitive poems email, I look at my Discord, I look at my Twitter. Uh and uh and there's there's our people are talking to us to yeah, win.
0: That's to win. very cool. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the Kickstarter here. Um let's just say that um I wasn't uh aware of any of the previous volumes. Is there a way is there are, are there uh catch-up tiers here? Can I go back to, to volume one and go one through three, um, both physically and digitally? Uh absolutely and uh, this may be the last time
1: uh, physically. Uh, uh, we uh, uh, we have a legacy tier that's very limited. Uh, the second run of volume one, volume one, we did like a zine. It's our, uh, man, I, I love it. It, it. We did it like a zine. There's articles and comics and all kinds of stuff in there. And, uh, but we're, uh, we did uh, our second printing of it and uh we're we're moving forward right we're not sure we're going to do volume 3 we kind of kind of dig that being the secret origin right uh mm-hmm. so we have that and we have the first printing of volume 2 uh which is uh just about out so uh there is a legacy tier on this where you can get volumes 1 2 and 3 and uh it may be the last time you can get volume 1 and it may be the last time you can get the first printing of a uh, volume 2 yeah. so the legacy here is there, uh, and they're they're great reads. I I I, you know, I'm almost nervous about us putting out our stuff, our own stuff, because I won't be able to say this so well since everything is in the in the book. In the book isn't ours. I can tell you how awesome the book is without sounding like a braggart. Uh, the people, the stories, our contributors have put in incredible stories. I mean, what a read volume two is from start to finish. I, I sit down with it still regularly and re- and I read it, just flip through it. I've, I mean, I edited these stories, I know them, but I read them and I'm so proud of that. And volume three is the same thing. Yeah. And, and
2: um, I'm holding this up for a podcast. Um, so, <laughs> Uh, issue two, we actually had to go into our books and count. I i finally made Christian count the number and we did the math. So, uh, like he said, the, the first, uh, first edition of two, uh, you're probably not gonna be able to buy too many more of those except for on the Kickstarter. And one, uh, once those are gone, they're gone. So at least, uh, physical copies will always have the digital ones. And we do have a digital,
1: uh, I think is the legacy a one day only? Christian? No, there is a, uh, so we We have have one day deals. You want to go right now, if you're watching this on February 28th, uh, if you're you're listening to this, if you're not, go to the Kickstarter anyway. There's incredible Mm -hmm. deals. But on February 28th, uh, uh, today, uh, we have uh, uh, one day only deals. Uh, including a special deal on that legacy tier. And again, that's limited. It's a limited number. So we have a special deal on that legacy tier, physical and digital, so you can get get the whole set. And we also have this incredibly cool tier, Uh, Jay Sheik and the Yankovic Theorem team. That's one of the stories in the book. Uh, Iacopo Kalisti and the Star People team. Uh, And uh, 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 Jack Van Tomey and the As Above team have made movie posters. Uh if nice. these stories were movies they're all, and you can only get all three on day 1. Now after that there's a tier where you can order it and you'll get a randomly selected one of the three and you can do add-ons to but you're not sure which one you're going to get. Uh it's mm-hmm. going to be kind of it's very limited so it's going to be a luck of the draw. Uh but only on day 1 can you get the book and all three beautiful these things People are going to walk into your house because you're going to put these right in your living room no matter what your spouse says. Uh, they're going to walk in and they're going to see this. Is, Where is this streaming? What movie is this? How come I've never seen it? They, mm-hmm. they're, they're, It was a wild idea we had and people ran with it and they're beautiful. So that's a day one only deal as well. We, we, also,
2: we also have uh, a premiere of the Fugitive Poems uh, coloring book, which we're going to offer. So it's a printable um uh printable digital comic book which was an idea we came up with for this uh run it's actually going to contain uh line art from all three of the first uh the first three books um 30 pages of uh uh, black and white uh colorable uh line art which is uh, available on a bunch of the tiers um not not a print edition but um uh, basically, yeah, I'm formatting it so it'll it'll print nicely on your standard eight and a half by eleven paper.
0: Yeah, and I would think that would also be a, a nice bit of uh, practice for somebody who wanted to experiment with, uh, you know, trying to yeah. to color color somebody else's art. You know, to to get these, you know, line art and, and just you know they could actually I guess maybe they could color them and then flip you know go back and see like how it compares to what it was on a previous volume just to see like what sort of artistic choices they would have made and just to get some practice on all that kind of stuff
2: yeah yeah we were we were thinking of maybe uh putting some of that stuff up on our social media have people send in their their versions of the artwork and so forth yeah that would be a a cool fun so you guys
0: are you guys are launching here on the last day of, of February, um, the the twenty eighth. Um, how long does the campaign run for?
1: Uh, it's my parents' anniversary, by the way. So, uh, so and they're still married. So it's it's good. It's good luck. Uh, <laughs> um, we um, we are going through March thirty first. Am I right? Are there okay. thirty one days in March? I never memorized that rhyme.
0: Uh, uh, I I I I just I just generally try to remember that rhyme and then call up a calendar to see uh, to see what it is.
1: Thirty one. It yeah. The rhyme never never worked for me. Uh, the thir- March thirty first. There are thirty one days in March. In case anyone was wondering, I just looked, uh, and yeah, we
0: end on March thirty first. Cool. And you guys have a bit of experience at Kickstarter, but I, I I kind of have a standard question that I ask everybody that's that's running a Kickstarter. Um, are you guys going to be refreshing the page every 30 seconds to see backer counts and, and where you're at? Or are you going to be able to chill out and go, go walk the dog, go, go grab some lunch, come back and be like, Oh, this is what it is. I think that
2: depends on the personality. Christian will check every 30 seconds. At least <laughs> my memory's So bad. I'll just forget every once in a while that I even have a Kickstarter and I'll go back in and check it. Um, we uh we were success we successfully funded in thirty-six hours last time. So that that takes the edge off when you get that fast. Mm-hmm. We're hoping to go that fast again. But yeah, it can be it can be however. We we also got we uh, hired on a PR person this time around to uh help us with the ropes. Um Christian, can you uh shout her out? Or, you uh, got information.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, Liz Fulda uh, uh, Sphinx uh um PR and uh uh, she is and wonderful and uh we we you know the work that our our volume two people put in uh myth reborn was so amazing and we were so proud to get them out there and we want to keep getting them out there we want people to get volume two uh the work that people did for volume three and volume four i mean these things are incredible and we want people to see it so we decided to, to to contact liz and she Gets us, and she gets fugitive poems and our our brand and what we want to put out there. And uh, we're using uh, we're going to take uh, volume three. We're going to fire it right into volume four. We're timing volume four with our terrific on appearance. Uh, if you want to meet us and see just how young I am and uh, uh, good look, uh, <laughs> don't watch the other things on YouTube. Um, but uh, we're we're she's been terrific and really crafting this. We we want. To be a success we want this book to be a success james and i want people to see our insane brains and we want people to see all the other insanity and wildness uh in this uh in these volumes i mean we we've worked with some amazing people and the world needs to see so we're we're going we're doing it we're just we're going for it very cool
0: so um i know you guys have a website um that uh, will link to the Kickstarter, but if is where, um, where else would be the best places to follow you guys to stay up to date on, on this Kickstarter, you know, we, we got another one coming in a couple of months, Where's, where are the best places online to follow you guys. Uh,
1: so I'm on Twitter, uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram, the easiest thing to remember, at Fugitive Poems on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, okay. During the social media wars, I also signed up for a few others, but I haven't really used them yet. Uh, yeah. in that panic that occurred a few months ago, there's, <laughs> also, there's, there's also a uh, uh,
2: Facebook page, uh, Fugitive Poems as well, that you can follow. Um, so we yep. we cover them all. Uh, you can uh, also look at uh, Jam, Jam Lines on um, on Facebook. Uh, instagram but yeah pr- pretty much fugitive poems you can hit most of the social media channel at least the uh the el- elderly social media channels we don't do tiktok and uh all those other ones yet we haven't figured out all the uh the dances and so forth to get up onto yeah. tiktok but any of the traditional channels you can find uh fugitive poems on there
1: james we just figured out our wax a wacky stretch cool so so matthew for volume two I had uh, during Corona grown myself a, a very James calls it a, a man bun. It was a top knot. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, I uh, I actually decided that if we hit a certain number on our stretch goal, I would have it cut off publicly in a samurai shame ceremony. And uh, indeed, my sister came. We hit it. My sister came to the house, and live on Twitter, she took a knife and shamed me by chopping off my top knot. Uh, so oh, maybe wow. I should totally uh, mortify myself. With it, we'll get if we hit a certain number, we will get a TikTok channel, and it'll open with me doing a, a dance. Uh, oh, wow. uh, or maybe that's just too cruel to put into the world. I don't know. <laughs> Challenge uh, me, that's... people. You get us to those numbers, and I'll do just about anything.
0: That, that that sounds like a pretty good idea. So, <laughs> awesome guys. Well, I'm uh, I'm pretty excited for for this book um and I'm going to put most importantly the link to the Kickstarter in the show notes um because I want to make it as easy as possible anybody listening to sort of call up that pod player, you know, scroll in the the show notes and click the link. Um I'm also going to link all the all the websites that you guys have there. But uh, you know, this is this is really cool. Um, you know, I think anthologies are really great for a number of reasons. Um, you build a network, you build teams, you give people the opportunity to to tell stories. So, uh, I'm a big fan of anthology, so I'll definitely be back in this. So, thank you you. so much. Yep, awesome. So, um, as we close up here, if you want to follow our podcast, we are on Twitter, and that is. Twitter is Construct ComPod, Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod, and Facebook is Constructing Comics. Just want to thank everybody for listening. Please be safe, be nice to each other, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you.